You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of the Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. And every week I bring together three friends to dive into the topic of the week. And normally I do like, I theme up my months because it's fun. And for April, I decided why not just do a mixed bag? And so where else could I do a show called Lights, Camera, Action? And I've got great guests today. We've got Tiffany Bird Harrison, and we just met a few weeks ago through our StreamYard Laudable Connection. I also yes. have, and it's great that you could you could jump on. It's like we met at the exact right time. But actually, I just interviewed Louise Palinker a couple weeks ago, and I said, I'm doing this topic. Do you want to jump in? So I love that I've got this forum where I could bring together cool people. And we also had Dylan Cannon. And Dylan and I, we figured we've known each other, what, 10, 12 years? So we've known each other BP before. Well over a decade, yeah. Which is just mind-blowing when you think about it. And we'll just say, I had to get Dylan on the show. So the title (laughs) is wrapped around Dylan. And then fortunately, I met Tiffany and Louise, who are perfect for the topic as well, because we live in a lights, camera, action kind of world now. I mean, we did before, but now it's like magnified. And Mm -hmm. what a perfect time to talk about, you know, what it takes to be out there and show, well, (laughs) everything-ish. I'm really excited to dive deep, and I would love for you all to introduce yourselves. So let's start with you, Tiffany. Awesome. What's going on, fam? Um, I'm Tiffany Bird Harrison. I do a lot of content on YouTube doing film analyses and working through filmmaking, current modern day filmmaking. But my background is actually in acting as well, like Dylan. And so I came from the theater world and kind of did an about face into the film world. And I'm loving it here. And now I produce videos full time on YouTube as well as content on other platforms. So super excited to be here. And uh, Make jokes along with the rest of you. (laughs) Excellent. Well, great to have you here. And Dylan, please share who you are and why you are here. And don't say because Deb said. Well, I mean, most of the things is because Deb said. My name is Dylan Cannon. Uh, (laughs) I met Deb at a a play, a theatrical production, sometime near 2008-ish, maybe nine. Uh, hit it off right away because the conversation was so good and because she's such a positive human being and I respond to that. Um, I'm an actor and that's what I've been focusing on primarily for 20 20 plus many years. Um, I didn't want to age myself suddenly, but it's okay. I am am what I am. I've been in Los Angeles since 1995 and uh, it's... uh, it's, I love this town. I love this industry. I think there's lots of different things that avenues we could walk down to talk about it. But in terms of the, the work itself, I'm very happy to sit back and listen to what Tiffany and Louise have to say. I'm excited about that. Awesome. Well, really glad to see you in, in virtual life and Louise, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I am I guess I'm a hybrid or someone who's like uh, aspiring to mediocrity in many different fields of entertainment. Uh, and I think I, you know, pretty well job done. I mean, I, most of my career was in radio 
And um, I started a company called Premier Radio Networks with, with, with some DJs at KISS FM while I was writing for a guy named Rick Dees, who's a, a local disc jockey, but had a, a weekly syndicated countdown show called Rick Dees Weekly Top 40. I met my, my partners. We formed Premier Radio Networks. It's now a division of iHeart. So we sort of took that ride of growing the company and selling the company. And, you know, as, as I was jumping off of that, I the Internet was becoming this place where you could, you know, create and disseminate your own content and computers were coming loaded with garage band and vinyl cut and, you know, and YouTube was happening. And so I really jumped onto the idea of like, you know, writing a book, making a movie, making uh, an album of my music and, you know, just one thing after another. So podcasting was obvious because I was from radio. So I'm on my fifth podcast, which I do with uh, my co-host Fritz Coleman, who was for 40 years the, the weatherman at Channel 4 here in Los Angeles. It's called Media Path Podcast. And I'm very excited to be here with this wonderful gathering of, of humans. <laughs> and like I, like I said before, we just met, you talk about time and opportunity because I was interviewing you and I said, oh, well, we can't just stop. We can't stop the conversation. We need to keep going. And we do live in this in this world where everything is under a I was going to say under a microscope, but we're all out there because even though we've gone back to in person, everybody is um, shall I say a media personality in and of themselves. They are their own brand. So, but before we dive into how to help people get better at it. I would love to just learn a little bit more about what led you to your stage. You know, what was it like? Did you always know the spotlight was your thing? And so, Tiffany? Yeah, the, it's funny. It's just funny to hear it that way because I, I feel like now it sounds like everybody wants to be an influencer. So it's kind of a weird conversation to have of like, what led you to the spotlight? It's like, well, some of us uh, can't help but to be self-deprecating and roast ourselves on a regular. So I think when I was a kid, I feel like a lot of what happened for me was I was talkative, I was mouthy, and it was either go to the mic or go to detention kind of thing. So I really <laughs> found an outlet by speaking and talking to people and kind of making a lot of jokes. And I think that's what led me into improv and sketch comedy and all those kinds of spaces. And so I, I definitely identify with the whole idea of like everyone is a media personality. I do believe that every single person has a personality that should be on camera. But for me, I really couldn't deny it. It was one of those things where it was like, you're never going to not stand out. I'm 5'11". You guys can't tell because I'm sitting. But I'm nearly six foot tall. I have big hair and I have a big mouth. So all of those things led me right to the stage, <laughs> I would say. I love this. Two choices. Go to the stage or go to detention. I think you chose the right one. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so what about you, Dylan? Oh, I think that uh, maybe a little bit like Tiffany, I was sort of a ham as a kid, and I and I really enjoyed the attention of it. But I also was really um, good at school. I enjoyed being social. I enjoyed being in the academic environment, and and so those things together um, opened up a lot of pathways for me. And it was more or less the idea that I didn't want to choose what I did for a living that ended up choosing for me this career where I can sort of become so many different things. Uh, I, I hope I'm not mealy mouthing the answer to that, but the idea was kind of choice through non-choice. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoy storytelling and, you know, like you said, there's as many stories as there are people. And so I get to be a different person. Um, and, and tell different stories and, and not have to sort of pigeonhole myself, even though, as you can see, it's, it, it happened anyway. So, yes. If you see a bad guy on TV and you think he looks like Dylan, it's probably because it is Dylan. Yeah. Well, isn't that an interesting side point, which is like, I thought I could be all these different things, you know, but really what I get to be is. Cowboys, firemen, policemen, soldiers, and robbers. And all of them generally have a bad guy side. <laughs> so, oh, well, I mean, uh, you know. You well, at least we know you can act because you are like the nicest person in the universe. It's all pretend. 
Oh, <laughs> which one? Right, or is it this? Am I pretending now? Who knows? <laughs> we'll never know. He's I'm method acting, Deb. He's method acting right now. <sighs> Wow. I'm so confused, Louise. <laughs> I, I just I love listening to you talk about acting because last night I was watching this movie with Justin Timberlake where he's a janitor, and I'm thinking, wow, if you're Justin Timberlake, you have to also be a janitor, you know, like you have to learn how to do whatever yeah. it is that you know, like right. make it look routine, make it look like a thing that you do every day, and mm-hmm. you know, so as as famous as Justin Timberlake is, and he's cleaning up throw up you know in this movie (laughs) and he's a very talented guy i bet he did it convinces convincingly justin yeah but yeah um i was that kid who like no one ever told me i was good at anything and i did entertainment but i want and i wanted to play the drums and you know i wasn't allowed girls don't play the drums it's too loud so you know i was often told you know be quiet my my mom my mom and dad had four kids all you know, really close in age. And, you know, so there were a lot of headaches and slammed doors and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, it was a loving home and everything, but it wasn't like, here's your stage, you know, we think you're wonderful, put on a show, but I was still putting on shows and I was getting cameras and uh, movie cameras and tape recorders and making little radio shows with my siblings and, you know, always wanting to create. So, I grew up in suburban Buffalo and you, you know, you didn't say out loud that you're going to go to Hollywood and make a, a career in the entertainment field. You kind of take those paths of becoming a teacher and then saying, I think I'm going to do grad school out West and figuring out how to become an intern and how to get a job as a studio page and then meet people that can help you along, along your path. But you know, it's, it's kind of a tricky thing to say that you want to do when you're not that kid, like, Tiffany and Dylan, who people are going, that one's got it. Like nobody was giving me a, you know, at a girl. (laughs) It was like, I think I'm going to have to figure out how to be behind the scenes, you know, Mm. creating. And behind the scenes brought you in front of the scenes. So who knew? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, I'm only in front of the scenes because my computer records my face and voice that's like no one said hey you know come over and put on a show it was like i'm like i'm putting on a show and then i'm gonna post it and we'll see what happens but yeah it's a different world where you know what the world that you're talking about today on this show is like you know you were saying everyone's under a microscope but it's really everyone's under a microphone right Mm -hmm. because like even our oven is recording us now uh facts please facts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> recording us okay literally walked by the oven and i was like hold up are you listening to my conversation <laughs> don't do that, don't do that. I, I think i now have the subtitle for the show <laughs> everyone is under a microphone that's great i love that and, and, and you might be you might be watching this live you might be watching the replay of gold chat live but this also magically turns into an episode of the dev show podcast so you may just be listening to us and it's true everybody is under a microphone or most people, but it's kind of, I don't even know. Is it really a choice anymore? If you want to be known in the world for whatever it is that you do. Absolutely not. I don't think anybody, I mean, even if you don't want to be known, even if you want to be anonymous, you cannot escape being on camera anymore. I mean, people that never wanted any kind of uh, on-screen person, personality or on-screen experience or had any desire to do it were forced into it over the last three years mm-hmm. and that was already hot on the heels of the instagram facebook you know revolution so this idea of of getting away from it is now almost without merit if, if that's a fair thing to say, you know, you, you can't really get away from your screen or from, from the camera or the microphone. And the good news is that means everything you need to create is at your disposal. But the bad news is everyone's under a microphone. Oh, I love that phrase. Um, <laughs> so, so what do you think, uh, Louise? I think you can lock it down depending on your personality. I mean, I have siblings that you know, have a pretty locked down Facebook or, you know, Instagram presence where it's, where they're more, they don't have a public uh, 
image or front facing presentation that they're choosing. So they're locking it down and not accepting friend requests from anyone who's just a friend of a friend that's they're they're more careful and they like one of my friends or my sister came to my podcast last week because she wanted to meet a singer named Melanie who she had grown up listening to and she wanted to thank her for the music and my tech guys kept recording and it's at the, at the end of the show she sits behind the microphone and she thanks her and it's so cute and I said Amy can I post that and she was like no so mm. she's choosing actively wow right. At, you know, I said, I just wanted to say hello to Melanie after the show. I don't want you to post it. And hopefully that that's respected. And, you know, in most cases, most people are, are, yes, they have a platform, but they're curating exactly who they want to see it. And yes, mm-hmm. something could go viral about any of, look at the nurse who fainted. Now she's on, you know, she's on TV today because she suddenly decided that since she doesn't work for that hospital anymore, she can tell her story. It was just, it wasn't the COVID vaccine. I just faint when I see a needle and I'm fine. And I wanted to encourage people to get vaccinated, but she didn't want to become famous. And that happened mm-hmm. to her. So like Dylan's point is like, yeah, it could happen to anybody without choosing it. Right. Yeah. I kind of want to, I feel like I want to jump in on that. Cause I think that's a really good point, Louise. One thing that I'm finding really kind of dangerous about the whole, like, always being on camera, always being seen is for some of us who want to create, that's great. It's accessible. But on the other hand, people are really finding themselves, like you said, kind of these unintentional celebrities or unintentionally famous. Um, I'm also a little concerned about how people are turning into the brand that they want to curate, but they're not being themselves. So for example, like I work with a lot of actors who want to transition into content creation, which is great. They're, they're great personalities for it. But the struggle often comes is they're trying to be something on camera that they're not off camera. And I tell them like, I get that you're creating this character or this persona to maybe safeguard your real self, but you're, you're splitting your personality almost effectively this way. And it could be really dangerous down the road. You know, you may be asking people to buy into something that's not really you. Um, so I'm I'm curious about that from the group. Like, what are you guys' thoughts about splitting up, you know, uh, persona on brand online and then turning to, to somebody else, you know, when you're offline? Th- that I think is so um, apt. It's this this topic is is right at the at the sort of core of what I'm experiencing right now, personally and professionally, which is uh, attempting to finally harness social media to push my quote unquote brand, which is just to, you know, self advertisement in terms of just, Hey, I exist and this is what I do. And I've been doing it for a long time and, and feeling more comfortable just putting myself out there in terms of that. And of course I don't hope that my persona or personality is coming through in my work necessarily, because most of that is playing bad guys and and things that I wouldn't in any way want to represent. But what's fascinating and why it speaks to your point is as I'm just attempting to become more comfortable with content creation and 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 not trying to escape the the spotlight as as Louise was pointing out her friends are, you know, or she certainly knows some people who are avoiding it um proactively uh my discover what I've discovered is that the moments when I am authentically me without any filter are those moments that people respond to by far the most. It's uh, it's almost and 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 that's super uncomfortable for me because I don't I don't I want to be I'm a professional do that kind of thing but really I'm kind of a goof and I'm I'm a loudmouth and I'm opinionated and all those things but the truth is like my uh, my sewing tutorial gets a lot more uh, play than my hey guys, I'm a badass doing some movie or television show. I think what you're talking about is vulnerability because when you're, when you go into acting, it's because, you know, you want to be out there and you're good at it. It's a craft, of course, but you're also, people aren't, people aren't reacting to you. 
I mean, yes, when you audition and you and you don't get it, I guess you feel that personal uh, loss or that personal rejection. But every time you book a part, you're playing somebody and people like you as an actor, but they don't actually know you. So that you're keeping that part of yourself safe. So when, in the olden days, when someone went on a the Tonight Show or something, they had to prepare a few questions and be a version of themselves. And I think that coming from the world of stand-up comedy, what you, what you want to do on stage, as vulnerable as that is, to stand up there and tell jokes is you want to create, you want to take a, a, a portion of your personality and amplify it. And you can still keep most of yourself private w- while being authentic, if that makes any sense. And if you think of any stand-up that you like, that's what they're doing. They still are a different person around their friends and family, but there's something authentic about their presentation. And maybe that's what social, when, when you ask, when actors are asking to be social media influencers, maybe that's what you can carve out for them is like, you know, a, a lane where they can be an amplified version of a portion of their personality without giving away too much of their authentic self that they reserve for their for their friends and family. That's so well put, Louise. That is yeah, very a really well distilled thought. I love that. I agree. And I do think it's important to take control of your image in a way that you own your own narrative. So I think I think your point about stand-up is a good one because stand-up comedians are notoriously good at that. I feel like comic comics are like that. They're really great at allowing a little bit of themselves to be humiliated so that other people don't feel so, you know, exposed. So yeah, that's awesome. I I love the this this road and you see I I had the authenticity card banner already because we were going to get there we just got there a little sooner so thank you Tiffany no. what what other things can people do I I love the take a portion of yourself and amplify it but what do you recommend Tiffany do you have another- um, I- I'm going to be honest with you. So I always say that like creative people, like in order to be great as a creative, I feel like you have to be a great person, like period, you know, full stop. So I'm always a huge fan of like nurturing your character offline before you get online and put yourself out there because people live and die by social media, right? That validation. I used to work with influencers and like the millions. I was never an influencer, but I would help them. I would help them curate. And it was fascinating to see how people who have 2 million followers, 3 million followers, which why are there that many people following you? Like never should be. I never want that for myself. But if that's what you want, um, the thing about it is these folks would be at the very top of their niche, but they would um, they would struggle with uh, validation, with self-esteem, with confidence. And a lot of what we were working on was who are you apart from this platform? And a lot of them didn't have an answer, right? They'd lost themselves in this process. So, you know, to Dylan, to your point, as you expose yourself and expand, and Louise, as you push out media path, you know, it's it's really important that, like, let's say you blew up for whatever reason. Um, who are you apart from that? You're still worthy beyond the platform. And that's something that I'm always encouraging is, like, can we grow offline? And then when the people come or when the act, you won't you won't live and die by that. So I'm a huge fan of like build your character offline. I love that point too. And I feel like that uh, if I may, just that uh, a part of what I've experienced as an actor, and I think sort of maybe the majority of actors experience this because the majority of actors are out of work. The majority of actors are struggling with self-identity and struggling with validation issues, whether it's, you know, from childhood or, or just in, as it pertains to the business. And I've been very fortunate to be working on a, on a, in a, you know, an up and down cycle for many years. And at this point kind of, I've become accustomed to those really dead moments, but it's also given me this opportunity to ask those kind of questions. Who are you outside of your job, outside of work entirely? What are you doing here? And, and, and uh, what makes your life fulfilling, you know, completely when the camera's off and nobody is watching hmm. what, what, what feels good. And I think those, those investigation, I mean, for me, it's, it's come into a a lot of um, Zen practices, Buddhist practices, yoga, that kind of a lot of meditation, those things that 
help to make sure that um, even in the more difficult times, we're we're keeping track of what's actually important and not being swallowed up by our anxiety and our our sort of lack mentality. And um, it's just really it's just really great to hear you put it that way because. Um, of course we can see that from people who have two, three, four million followers and don't know who they are, but it's, 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 it's equally true for people who have no followers and are trying to figure out who they are. And, and I think, you know, it comes to your point, which is like, in order to be great, just be a great person and mm. the rest will take care of itself really. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's tricky when you're telling kids be yourself and they they're growing up in this age where uh, you know a good portion of themselves is presented and so they when you say to a kid even in 1950 when you say to a kid who are you and she's and she's thinking you know or, or you're saying be yourself and she's mm-hmm. thinking you know but who is that they're in the they're in the process of self-creation right and now kids are in the process of self-creation in this age where they're being judged and they're looking to see who's getting more likes from selfies. You know, they're, they're pointing the camera at themselves. um, And they're, and so they're opening themselves up to that, but they don't know how to stop because it becomes like a drug that it's feeding, you know, their sense of self. And so you wind up, if someone's an influencer, by the time they're, you know, 25, you wind up with someone who grew up, like Paul McCartney famous, like the, mm. the adult Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney has never walked into a room ever and not stopped it. Like, I think he knows who he is and everything, but that had to have been same with Justin Bieber. Like he's never walked into a room and not yeah. stopped it. So does that person have to go to India and learn how to meditate to figure <laughs> out who the heck they actually are? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a challenge because most people aren't don't become that famous to where they have those kind of resources to do that self-exploration but right we're still asking kids to figure out who they are and then they're and as humans we're always measuring ourselves against each other you know that's that's natural but now you know with all this public presentation like what what humans are we forming it's hmm. it's kind of experimental right because it's, it's an open <laughs> question right now <laughs> yeah you know what i was thinking about louise like to that point i do wonder and and this might be a little far off right but i think about the adults that we've seen kind of lose um lose themselves in the public eye and and i mean we could we could think of any number of people actors singers musicians etc um no one person was meant to have that much attention or adoration from humans like no one was, we can't handle it. Like in our humanity, we cannot handle the deification that has happened. So I, I think like Louise is bringing up a great point. Like how are we telling young people to grow and be solid and founded? And we don't even have our, we're not even healing. We're not even growing. We're not, and I'm not saying that's so much to shame anyone, but I do think it's it's questionable that we're pushing young people out and saying, like you said, be yourself. And we don't even, we, we haven't even grown in our own identity. I think it's, I think it's both. And I think we have to grow. I think we need mentorship to happen. I'm very interested in like this idea of redemption in media. It's the name of my production company. Right. And this idea of like, how can we use media to grow and heal people? How can we use media to like pull the best out of people, not take them further into darkness, not trauma bond, with media. I think that's a lot of what's happening. And so I wonder, like, I think Louise is onto something. Like, I'm curious if we can investigate that a little bit more. How do we help others grow if we're living and dying by the same stuff? I don't know. Very well put. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, made a I made a documentary about a family called the Cow Sills, who were famous in the late 60s and early 70s. But it was like a five year run of being massive teen idols. They inspired the Partridge family, but real quick, um, the youngest boy, when the group fell apart, the youngest kids went back to Rhode Island and got enrolled in school. And the youngest boy was about 14 at that time. And, and he said, 
this isn't in the movie, but I just, it just sticks with me. Um, he said, I didn't know who people expected me to be mm. in terms of peers in a school when he had from six to 14 been a drummer in a, in a band. Mm. And um, I guess he knew who he was or what he felt like saying, but he wasn't sure whether or not he should say any the thoughts that were occurring to him to interact with kids that hadn't been on the ride that he had been on. And it, it's just um, fame, you know, it, in the middle of childhood can really Im- impact one's, one's sense of self when, you know, I mean, I guess all kids wonder who other people, who other kids expect them to be as they're forming their social groups, et cetera. But that just seemed like taking this kid who was a teen idol in, you know, magazines and people's walls and stuff and saying, okay, high school, ouch, you know. Well, yeah. it, and probably uh, Tiffany was some of the people that, that you work with. It, it's the, it's the dual presence. It's like, who am I here? Who am I supposed to be? What am I going to be when I grow up? And a big thing with me is well, you all or most of you know. So my big thing is the dev method and it starts with D is determine your mission. So mm-hmm. my belief is that when you know who you, you can't get what you want unless you know what that is, but gifting yourself the time and space to do that growth. But when you're in situations like young kids getting fame or even grownups, <laughs> grown-ups <laughs> even adults who are just you know, living their life, just trying to build a business and then they get more than they bargained for. I mean, I think, uh, yes, I'm stretching. I'm trying to like umbrella this whole thing, but I don't, what can people do to maintain that kind of sanity, to keep that balance, to keep themselves in check, Hmm. no matter what their age and Dylan, I'm going to start with you on this because you were already talking. You like the meditation and the self-exploration. Anything else? I mean, that I think that really that's that's sort of the the way to keep myself grounded and sane in those moments of of not having any exterior validation, you know. But then um, it, it extends into daily practices in terms of just, you know, how, um, for me, uh, the dishes and the laundry are these eternal struggles of, of, um, self-worth really like, Oh my gosh, I'm back here doing the dishes again. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, that moment when I have the, the, the resistance to it can be the reminder to change my thinking about it and recognize that, you know, it's an opportunity to be extremely present. And, and I think when we are extremely present, when we are, when we are focused on this moment and this moment alone, all of those other things, the anxieties and the doubts and the, and the worries about everything else just automatically drop away. We don't have to do anything else except for get present. And so, uh, you know, that (laughs) I, I, I tend to sound a little bit like a broken record because that's kind of my answer for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and it, and, and, you know, there are, uh, I I don't want to act like I know the answers and I certainly don't want to speak as though I am, um, well-trained or versed in, in these practices enough to, to offer them to other people. But there is something about investigating discomfort that is very rewarding. And there can be something about um, even, even uh, as, as simple as um, you know, I've got some, uh, I'm going to have elbow surgery at the end of the month. I've, overused my arms for various reasons through sports and exercise and and the the joints are are, are sick of it and they need some cleaning up. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in a, in a position to to get uh surgery for that but in the meantime there's a lot of pain in there and again it's that 
momentary reminder as soon as it shows up i go oh man this oh, and i hate myself and i hate my life and then and then quite quickly go oh yeah look into that look at look at what your body does in in actually registering that pain it's it's part of the function of this machine that we're all inside and and what an an incredible um, experience it actually can be and 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 brings us right back to presence hmm. and, and at that point you know when we're in presence just about anything is tolerable and uh including pain which can then be you know a mindfulness opportunity I, and you know i i've already gone on long enough please oh well i was going to say yeah, I feel like mine's a little simpler, like in the sense of because I think he took us the deep and like holistic route. Mine uh-huh. might be a little bit like easier in terms of like surfacy, right? So <laughs> it's like, it might, it's not going to be like super deep, but it but like I think the spiritual is needed. Like I think it's both. Um, I feel like a lot of people just need to look at what they're taking in. Like, what are you watching? What are you listening to? And if it's garbage, get rid of it. Um, so much of like my life has shifted when I started to look at the stuff that I was taking in, whatever the content was, because obviously I'm creating content. So I was watching a lot of it and I was consuming like reel upon reel and video upon video. And um, and sometimes I just let that thing roll and it, it just be like mad dark, right? Like just super dark stuff. So look at the stuff that you're taking in. If it is not feeding you, like cut it out. Because I feel like you're causing the pain that Dylan is saying to investigate <laughs> when you're taking crap. You know what I mean? Like- you know, it's kind of like you are what you eat, you know, you are what you consume, truly, like in media and everything else, you are what you consume. And it's also easy to get sucked into not just other media, but other people's drama. Girl, I know. Right? <laughs> I'd be watching stuff. I'd be like, how did I get here? How am I in this person's business right now? Mm-hmm. But and it goes to the self-awareness. You know, yeah. when you've got that touchstone, and it can be as surfacey or as deep as you want, but knowing yourself and what you need to know is the first step of, like, anything. Totally. Louise. And I think, you know, to Tiffany's point, a lot of content is designed to enrage and terrify us because brands have learned that in, that increases engagement somehow when people are fearful or angry mm-hmm. that they just keep going and going and going and maybe scared, angry people buy more shoes. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I would just like to say like in, ter- in terms of the news, especially if, if you're just finding yourself angry, you know, we can each individually disengage hmm. and just like, there's no, there's nothing in this news cycle that I, that I can't get in five minutes, honestly, you know, maybe you could, you know, read an article that would slow it down, like, and get more insight into all these headlines that are just designed to, you know, piss us off, really. And I would say disengage with, you know, what is it doing to your body, that, mm-hmm. you know, consuming this content? Like, yes, we, I want to be informed. I'm a news junkie for sure. But like this, con- if this content is making me angry all the time, or, you know, if, like, if some people, you know, react differently. Like they, they viscerally, like I have relatives that viscerally are just like, we'll talk about something and just get very, very enraged. And mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say take in enough to be informed or enough that you're, that you feel like you can consume without being super pessimistic. Cause I'm, I'm basically mm-hmm. an optimistic person. So I, I watch a lot of news in a hopeful, you know, frame of mind <laughs> about it, but there's stuff going on that can it can really enrage us. And I would say, you know, to Tiffany's point, like limit the amount of angry that you allow yourself to get while you, while you take it. That's so smart that, I mean, that's really, it's a good uh, touchstone or or mantra, like, you know, limit, limit the stuff that is damaging to your psyche. And, and certainly to your point, Louise, that uh, the news companies learned a long time ago, the bad news sells, better than good news does because good news Mm -hmm. makes you happy and what do happy people go out and take a walk you know angry people stay in and 
check the next story or watch the next news program that will make them. And, and as we've found out pretty alarmingly from 2015, 16 on is that lies spread 10 times faster than the truth. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so much more um, riveting to be engrossed in anger than it is to be engrossed in happiness, pleasant thoughts. Mm -hmm. And you just, you know know what I think about that Dylan too, is like when I, when I think about that, how a lot, you know, a lie goes around the world before a truth makes its way across the street is that we do consume more fiction than nonfiction. Mm. Like, and so people are attracted to the lies because it's more, it can, it can conform to whatever their worldview is. Uh, rather than doing the hard work of like shifting their worldview to something more productive or more positive. Yeah. I think community can help too. Like the other part of balance is like being in a community of people who will encourage you to like get out of your house and get out of being in front of the camera. Cause I do know a lot of, you know, creators who spend a lot of time by themselves. Right. And Dylan don't fall into this trap. You start creating content, you start putting your brand out there, and then you're just in your padded walls for hours and hours on that. No, and it's so just right. like, it's easy to do. Um, but I agree, like community, like keeping up relationships, you know, with like a Deb, who is so much fun, like a relational connection to somebody can really help get you out of this, you know, mental health trap that I feel like so many of us get trapped in. I have been there where I burn myself out because I'm in front of the camera constantly, but I'm not in front of real people. You don't want not a to, good look. You don't want to have to get surgery on your scrolling thumb. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so true. You start looking like a hobbit. You like come out of the room. And you're like, "Where's the food?" It's just, it's not a good look. So <laughs> push past it. Get to the community. I'm gonna rely on you guys. I'm just gonna need a. I'm gonna need a once weekly check in from each of you. Just, yeah. When I see a, you in the padded room. Have you eaten anything? Like, have you walked today? <laughs> is this not community i mean i feel like we're and this is the purpose you know we're hanging out and letting other people watch and hopefully they will get motivated and inspired from it and i will at this point at least um give a shout out to my facebook group which is right on online because it's all about goal setting productivity but community you know underline exclamation point and every day I will, I put up a different, you know, what are your networking goals, goals for the week, blog share day, two year one Thursday, my favorite, um, and photo Friday and weekend plans. So it's an opportunity to share what you're doing and also for people to interact and elevate each other. So I think that's why you're so effective, Deb, and why people are lucky to know you is because you really incorporate accountability into your friendship which is this really wonderful and unique trait. You know, you, you, when you're checking in on me and, and she, and she does, by the way, she checks in on me and, and it's always appreciated. It's always welcome. And she says, how are you doing with X, Y, or Z that we talked about the last time? And it's, and it's mindful and it's friendly and it's outreach and it's engaging. And it's a, it's a great, it's a great quality, Deb. I think I've been a member of Right On Online for a long time. I love that. <laughs> yes, you, you, I believe, have even been to some of the in-person, you know, way back when people would meet in person. I remember those days. Yes. The, yeah. the, it, they used to be Gold Star stickers and now they're... Uh-huh. Gold star sticky notes because you know showing <laughs> up and working towards your goals, your dreams, the life that you want. You know, it's important to get celebrated and elevated for all the little things, not just the big things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives you that boost of energy to keep going. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it's like you said, Louise. It's harder to to. Uh, to look for positivity than it is to get engrossed in anger. It is mm-hmm. more work as, as you mentioned to, to, but it's so much better to be yeah. happy and inspired and embrace everything. Yeah. I, I want to give a, give a shout out to Pam who basically said she left Twitter because of the toxicity mm. and because we always <laughs> look to the positive YouTube cat videos are endlessly cathartic. Yes, they are. I personally is there a pun in that? 
I'm guessing it was not intended, but if you were okay. listening, there is a cat emoji after the comment. Catartic? I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Oh, was- there we go. Wordplay. Yeah. I've been, <laughs> I've been blocking people on Twitter just through For wordplay. Yeah. So if somebody retweets something negative or some some mm. visual that I just don't want to look at, I'll block the per I'll block the person that they retweeted, and then I'll block them. And it's just like. It feels kind of good. It feels like, you know, you're, you're reclaiming your feed. Like, I don't want this garbage on here. I don't want to look at it. Does Yo, it? Louise, like, you're savage, though. You're, like, blocking people. And you're like, this feels yeah, good. That was exactly what you were ad- 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 advising, Tiffany. No, absolutely. I just thought it was funny. I mean, I, blo- I blocked Elon Musk, on, you know, at Jump when he bought the company. Like, I don't. I don't need, I'll stay on here, but I'm not looking at anything this guy has to say. No, yes. not anyone retweeting him, not him, nothing. No, that's, that's yeah. stress is expensive. Feet. I feel like, I feel like stress is so costly, not just on the body, obviously, right? like, you know, physical problems, but man, it just takes time. It's distracting. Like it's so it's time is money, right? Deb, it's money. And it, we're, it, we're wasting time. With stress. Well, it, and so in addition to in addition to my goal setting simplify workshops, the other thing I do are these pep talks, prevent planning, to help people turn the time and money they spend into actual leads and information when they go to conferences. So I'm I'm with you when you talk about wasting your time and money. I'm all about okay, what is your mission for anything, and use that as a guide, and as much joy as you can sneak in alongside that mission. That's what's going to elevate everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I I will step off my soapbox after I say one more thing. Now, I led the Gold Chat Twitter chat for five years, and I sunset it in the fall because I did not want to um, – I didn't want to be the last person on the Titanic. <laughs> That's I figured That's people, they want – if. It is there. I've got my Facebook community. I've got my LinkedIn community. I am this. It was not something that I needed to continue to encourage people to be on. And I say this knowing full well that Pam, who I met through my Twitter chat, who we are now connected on on LinkedIn as well, is one of the few people who even post in because I changed it to a LinkedIn group. So snaps and gold stars, Pam, for following me and for getting off the crazy train. Yes. Snaps for Pam. That's what's up. <laughs> Snaps for Pam. Snaps for Pam. That's going to be the t-shirt. Snaps uh-huh. for Pam. That's what's up. Anyway, uh, I cannot believe... So we're talking 45 minutes. I do like to keep this for an hour. And what I would love is, before we go down any more rabbit holes, is for each of you to gift a goal to the audience. So what is something that they could do today, tonight, tomorrow? And I was originally thinking, okay, what are good performance goals? And now I'm thinking, what are good goals for staying out of the um, abyss that is media and crud that goes with life? But I'm just going to, it's wild card. So the goal can be anything. Dealer's Hmm. choice. Dylan. Do you have a goal to gift? Um, I mean, since since you put it like that, I I think um, my uh, easily attainable goal that I would gift to the audience is is five minutes of meditation. See if if there isn't um, an opportunity between now and twenty four hours from now to sit quietly. And allow whatever thoughts come into your head to just leave as easily as they came. Mm. Find breathing to be the most engaging exercise imaginable. And if at the end of that five minutes, there is not some measurable level of increased peace and satisfaction with existence, I will give you your money back. (laughs) <laughs> I, I i'm gonna see your five minutes and raise you five minutes a day um that's that's delightful i think it's a great way to i i you know i think starting with 
five minutes just as a, uh, uh, to just kind of see how it goes as an audition, just audition meditation Mm -hmm. as a five minute practice, but really even one minute will do it. I, I meditate, um, 20 minutes every morning and I, I'm encouraging myself to get 20 minutes in the afternoon now too, like a, um, as, as recommended by my Vedic teachers. But I think any, any amount is better than none. And so even one minute will count, but yes, five minutes a day. It's a great place to set the bar. And you could do five one-minute increments. You know, I'm the fan of the two-minute dance break. So however you want to break up that five minutes. (laughs) Isn't there, and I forgot who says this, but if you don't have time to meditate for 30 minutes, do you really need to meditate for an hour? That's right. That's (laughs) right. That's exactly right. So, Louise, what goal would you like to gift? I think that one, one, one thing that hangs up people is that they when it comes to, let's say, learning to play the guitar or write, writing a story or w- working out, they tend to get themselves into a rut by doing a little bit more every day and then feeling like they have to top that. And I'd like to stick with Dylan's five minutes and say, you know, I don't care what you're working on, if it's learning to play the guitar or writing your memoirs or exercising more do it for five minutes every day. And if one day you do it for an hour, don't feel like the next day you have to do it for an hour. Mm. That's how we grind to a halt. Don't, don't Mm. trick yourself out of continuing because the main thing that causes people to fall off a track is two or three or four days or weeks go by and they don't remember where they left off. Well, now I can't pick up that guitar because I don't remember what I was doing the last time, Mm. you know, I, I did it. Do, do anything that you have as a goal for five, at, at least five minutes a day. Some days you will do it for an hour. Some days you're going to be fighting off a cold and you're not going to want to go for a walk that's an hour long. You're just going to want to walk for five minutes, even around the house while you're on the phone. Just, you know, like bite size, like Dylan says, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. If some days you do it more, don't make, don't give yourself the burden of doing it that amount every day Hmm. but you won't no i I, i'm with you i don't know if if you've ever heard me talk because we're newish friends louise but i have a thing called the five of seven rule because i hate when people say do things every day don't break the chain you should be thinking about your stuff every day but don't put yourself in a position where you have to do it every single day because you're not setting yourself up for success and i so i love that i love the five minutes because sometimes that's all you need. And if you have to skip a day, you skip a day, but you keep thinking on it. That's going to move you forward. So yeah, I love right. it. Five of seven. It's just, it's just let yourself off the perfectionist hook. Like we right. had started this conversation so long ago and I don't want to interrupt <laughs> Tiffany. I, I didn't mean so long in time, but so long in distance. <laughs> We've covered so much ground since, since the idea of perfectionism kind of kicked us off. So Hmm. yeah, just there's too much pressure to be perfect. And I feel like post pandemic, we're much more accepting of typos or zoom buffering. We're just more accepting of imperfection. So let's just go for it and be imperfect. I I think so. And I think because I remember, like I said before, when I interviewed you for an article, we got on the sidetrack about um, about just this progress is progress. Yeah. And any and all progress should be celebrated. And I'm like, oh, you you're my people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so Tiffany, what goal would you like to gift? Um, I'll go. I'll go the creative route. Uh, I want everybody to make a funny video and post it. I don't care where you post it. I don't care if it's on LinkedIn or just in your group chat with your family. Um, I have never felt more alive (laughs) than when I create something that is just the stupidest thing. It could be dancing. It could be a joke, whatever, like roast yourself, roast somebody uh, in your family and send it, you know, and share it with somebody. I feel like that has like, I don't know. Have you ever fallen on purpose before, like in front of people, just to kind of get a laugh? 
If you haven't, I encourage you to try it. <laughs> but I think that's like one of the best ways to get over being uncomfortable with like video and being in front of the camera and everything is if you embarrass yourself intentionally. Um, it's not only, I don't know, it's just very relatable, I think. So do a funny I, video. I, I like that as a bonus goal <laughs> for us <laughs> to get a laugh. Make a funny yeah. video also. Because I am not funny. You are funny, Deb. Are you kidding? You are funny. When I try, trust me, if I was trying to be funny, I would not be funny. But I think that's why you're funny because you're like, you're like relatable funny. Yeah. You know? I think that's better. I think it's honestly better. You don't try and you're just hilarious. Just the way you say things, like it's delightful. So oh, thank you. Yeah. I feel I feel like I've got a fan club here and, and I've enjoyed this conversation. I hope you all have as well. Before we wrap, uh, where can people find you and learn more about you? Tiffany? Oh, sure. Uh, I'm on YouTube under my name, Tiffany Bird Harrison. Come watch me make jokes on the internet. Yes. Excellent. Great. And Dylan, where can people find you? I uh, anywhere you watch television, I'm bound to show up. I unfortunately, it's it's I'm, I'm I'm ubiquitous in my in my small and and usually hostile roles. Uh, so <laughs> Tiffany may not actually ever see me, but why uh, not? Because you are you are uh, eliminating the bad vibes <laughs> from, your, from your media life, and, and I end up. Um, you know what? You can see me tonight on NCIS Hawaii. Oh, good. And okay. that's on CBS and Paramount Plus. I'm also on a show called uh, Mayor of Kingstown that's streaming on Paramount Plus. And if you wanted to know what that thing was that you might have seen me in, you could just look me up on IMDb and I'm sure you'll go, oh, yeah, it was that dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that right. At, so my mom and I met you at the play and like literally the next day we were watching, she was watching something and she goes, Deb, come here. I think it's Dylan. It was Dylan. <laughs> That's awesome. It That's might be five seconds, but it, it'll be me. That's so so cool. Louise, where can people learn more about you and Media Path Podcast? Possibly too many places, uh, maybe taking up a little bit too much bandwidth on the internet. So I have Media Path Podcast, and then I have my own YouTube channel, uh, Louise Palanker, everything. I have a website, and I have a lot of content on YouTube. The Cow Sills movie is on Prime. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you and to meet these lovely folks that you are now my new besties. And, you know, we're about to go out and do everything together. And yes. I appreciate you bringing us together. Amazing. Well, I'd love this conversation as well. And whether you're listening or watching, you can go to thedevmethod.com slash blog to get the recap and the links. And I'm going to include everyone's LinkedIn links as well because I do that. And if you want to learn more about getting motivated on your goals, every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, I bring in friends together. And as I said before, every Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast, which is now on the Marketing Podcast Network. So you can find me at the Dev Method everywhere with the pom-poms cheering you on. Um, before we wrap, just one final thought from each of you. Louise, final thought? Final thought. I, I just want everyone, I want maybe to like focus a uh, eight times a day on your posture, just eight times a day. Just think shoulders back. I think that's good for health and self-esteem and also kindness. Just smile more, uh, make eye contact more, you know, with folks that you don't know. And just a, with a welcoming expression on your face, I think it feels good to do as we walk through the world. And would you believe kindness is next week's episode? Ooh, I, I love would, that. Deb. I would believe so, it. Up. I, I love that you played into the theme, <laughs> not even realizing that that's what's coming up. Yes, because life is too short to not be kind and kind to yourself, mm -hmm. not just kind to others. Yeah. Love um, that. I, I, I kind of wish I went to you third, but we'll go to Tiffany now. Because <laughs> that would have been like the best tie-in. We're working with it. Tiffany, final Yeah. Thought. Oh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, representation matters, but only if it's cool. So I feel like this is a really great experience to be a part of. And we're representing so many different perspectives here uh, and quality perspectives versus just 
being representers of whatever background. Tiffany, my computer froze when you said that. <laughs> Representation matters. And then what did you say? Representation matters, but only if it's quality. Thank you. Yeah. Love yeah. that too. So That's Dylan, your turn. Well, I'm I'm um in, I'm I'm gonna bring it back to kindness and and I'm gonna add in uh synchronicity because it was so beautiful to watch Louise say that and then you to uh to acknowledge and recognize that next week's episode is about that. And what I've been noticing is the more present I am, the more I'm watching the universe line things up for me. And these tiny synchronicities like what you two just experienced are everywhere. And I, I'm really just having a, a field day with these fascinating tiny moments reminding me that we're all connected and that it's all going to be okay. I love it. We are all connected and it is all going to be okay because I I, I just love this. I love doing this. I love this gift that I get to bring you all together and you all get to be in my world for a while. So thank you all so much. Thank you, Dylan, Daphne, Louise, for joining me today. If you're watching or listening, thank you for giving up your time and gifting it to yourself to get a little bit closer for motivating to get in front of that camera <laughs> and keep your feet firmly planted on the ground. Thank you, everybody. Um, go out there, whatever your goals are, go for it. Cause we know you can do it. Thank you, Deb. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for listening to the Deb show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.